Hey, this is Dr. Drew, and you are listening to This Life with Bob Forrest and Dr. Drew. Here we are. Hey, welcome to This Life with uh, Dr. and Bob Forrest. Bob Forrest, me. Hey, man. So this is going to be kind of a heavy one. Uh, we are in the in the shadow of a, a profound event in France. Uh, it's got me very, very, very concerned and preoccupied. Struck to my heart. It's rock and roll. I played this venue before. It's uh, this thing. The Bataclan? You know, yeah. You're just sitting. Yeah. You're playing a concert. You're at a concert. You're buying a T-shirt. You're having some coffee. And then you're Machine dead. Guns. Yeah, it's just too much. Or if, or just watching somebody get killed. How about that? That's, that's almost as bad. And then and, we uh, got a 24-hour news cycle yeah. showing it over and over yeah. and over again. And um, we're going to talk to a guy that uh, is an expert in cults because I think uh, thinking about this as a cult is an interesting way to go about this. We're going to try to get in touch with your friend Dave, who is the, one of the band members. We'll, we'll tell you that story in a second. Before we get into that, again, a little business. Uh, go to drdrew.com. You can f- click through to the This Life podcast there. You can also get, click through to This Life podcast website. Uh, you can support this podcast. So we can continue doing it by clicking through on the Amazon banner. does not cost you a thing, but supports the podcast. So please do that at drdrew.com. You can email us there with questions that we will try to address on the show here. And a reminder that This Life podcast is available on iTunes. Anything else? Are you appearing anywhere? Upcoming? No. You've done no, your tour? I was, was going to go to Europe, but I'm not now. <laughs> oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. Holy crap. Is it, Not it, because of that. I just, uh, you know, th- that was the final straw kind of. Yeah. But, um, no, I just well, I well, like to, playing music. Wait, wait. For people that don't know, where, where, what's the name of your new album? I got a new album out called Survival Songs. It's on, You can get it everywhere. Amazon. Amazon, Click through Amazon. And all that, yeah. It's a very yeah. cool album. Yeah, it's a raw... It's a real know, album. You've been promoting, yeah. you've been performing. Yeah. yeah. And I was supposed to go to Holland play, the only place on earth I'm really popular. <laughs> but but Holland, Japan. Because I Aren't tried to kill myself. Holland is my Japan. Why? Because that's where that Pink Pop show where I tried to kill myself. What? All, what? What happened? I was... You know, Eddie Vedder had played the year before and got a lot of attention because he jumped on one of the TV cranes. Yeah. And like was up over the audience, maybe 40, 50 feet. Okay. So, you know, and everyone's talking about Eddie, you know, Eddie's crazy and he went on this thing. So then I never want to be upstaged by Eddie Vedder. So I, you know, climbed to the whole top of the entire stadium thing and was going to. I, th- I don't know what I was thinking. I this was quite was in intoxicated. Do- but the documentary about you, the, the, uh, <laughs> yeah. the Bob and the yeah. Monster, that, that is in there. So that it? was yeah. broadcast live, like a news thing. Uh, you know, cut in live. Like so this you're guy's going to kill in, himself. In so that's where Holland's my Big in Japan. My Japan. So, so, but I thought, I remember Japanese people coming to you and like kneeling down in front of you. Oh, and stuff. yeah. Like, that Lawson Sinus yeah. came there. Yeah, that's that has a lot to do with chili peppers too, though. It's like a combo platter. Uh-huh. Like I'm I'm tied to the hip with them, so yeah. The chili peppers are like the Beatles in Japan. You know that? I didn't know that. So that's what I did. Yeah. So Drew's referring to we were working at Lost and Scenes one time, and I got called to the front office, and there were all these Japan- Japanese people that had come from Japan and couldn't believe that they could just go somewhere and ask for me, and I would appear. <laughs> <laughs> and they, they like they like they like handed him his DVD and, yeah. and bow, bowed down and got, 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 like were proselytizing themselves. From that board. guy still and with social media, that guy still you know, you know messages me. 
Wow. Yeah, that guy. That guy, oh, that kid so that came cool. there. Cool. So first off, I wanted to say to you, the division in our country that is so hateful. Yeah, where if you're, you're from one side, you're bad. The other side, the other Anything side, you yeah. say is wrong because yeah. you're on the other side of yeah. my side. Uh, the way I say it is there's nut jobs on both sides <laughs> right that, now. Mostly, and they, and they, mostly, yeah. and yeah. they control the dialogue. Th- thus, I'm a libertarian. Yes, yeah. I'm out. I'm independent. So, so that's what concerns me. Just con- you know, just concerns me. Cr- wait, let me ask something. Wait, wait, let me ask something. Did Hillary Clinton have a stroke? Like, remember that three or four years ago when they hospitalized her? And oh, I don't know. Sure. Oh, I remember I that. Yeah. Did, was it a stroke? Uh, something to do with her heart, I think. Maybe. Well, I, I heard. Blood pressure. No, it was is, a that, stroke. Something. I had heard in the public press that it was a stroke and she was on blood thinners. And I just did the math. I went, oh, man, that's, that's not good. And I talked about it the other day on a podcast I did with Anna Parola and it being actively vilified. How dare you? What kind of ethical standards do you have? I, I'm just, just to ask disgusted. a question. So, okay. So I can't. We can no longer have a conversation about fucking anything. No, without I, somebody attacking. I, I our, made a our, comment our, about our Michael speech. Jackson, and I feared for my life. I thought that people were going to come to my house and kill me. You know who said that was uh, Kathy Griffin. We heard her stand up the other day, and and uh, Demi Lovato's the Levites or whatever they are, Lovatoites, uh, came after her and and actively threatened to kill her because she said, "Make." You can't of, have of a Demi. conversation anymore. And the reason why I'm concerned about when did this start? I believe it. It is related to terrorism. I believe the terror related to terrorism. I believe that terror the terrorists get what they want every time they do something like this. It divides people. The right. hatred grows. But 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 it unified us to begin with, if you remember. I it, mean remember it, how unifying it was? Everyone was everyone was pro police. Everybody pro feels for the victims and then we go back to ha- hating the person who caused it. I, Meaning but it seemed to be it's the war, Bush the who war. caused it. It's this person well, who caused right, it. The war. Bush laps. No, Clinton wasn't on the thing and yeah. he should have known. Uh. It's all the blame, all the hatred within our own society. Jeez. So I don't think we're gonna be able to solve this problem because these people don't even want anything. Oh, Bin Laden was like a like a politician compared to this. I, I they just want to kill people. I read a thing today where they were saying that he was very satisfied with he would he would be satisfied with the way things are going now. This is sort of how he wanted it to go. The, the ambassador Bin Laden. The way it's going yeah. now is, is yeah. about right. But these so, kids uh, are born and raised in France. Some of them. Born and raised in France. Yeah. So. And Timothy McVeigh was born and raised in the United States. What is going on that makes these people who who feel so disenfranchised and well, so vulnerable to things they don't even understand? Can, can we get my guest on, Susan? I think it's time. We're, we're getting into this very fast. Hoy. Yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Okay, here's what I was thinking. It's funny you would raise it with that kind of clarity. Because it's trauma. I didn't know. Yes, it is trauma. But I didn't know you were going to go to this the way you did. I was thinking about this too, and I thought... Man, this is awfully similar to a cult. This is cult behavior, and I've I've and I've interviewed kids and heard read interviews with kids that had been inside these things, and they're high as shit. Not not drugs on being on religion. They're, they're, they're on, in an on altered ideas, state. ideology. They're in an altered state the entire time. They're so agitated. They're like in a manic state. This one, this one kid was saying, you, "It's hard to describe what it's like when you go. You're in this state, this this where it's all you know. Every man, it's 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 a cult." And, it's and human. I, it's it's but, actually human. This is another idea. So the reason why I'm saying trauma all the way around, trauma within the countries who should be 
trying to deal with the situation. There's division and hatred within right. France, within the right. United States. Wait, you see that they're right now, I think, from the, trauma. Hoyt, you there? Yeah, I'm here. Hey, hey thanks man. for joining us. How so, are so I've just explained to Bob, and you see, Hoyt, if you agree with me on this. Bob was asking a question about, you know, what is it that uh, these kids are getting out of being in, say, ISIS and these these hyper-religious organizations? And I said, you know, I've been thinking about it for a while. And that's why I wanted to talk to you, Hoyt. It's, yeah. it's cult behavior, right? It's cult. It, it, it's textbook cult behavior. And it's one of the things, you know, our mutual friend Steve Hassan uh, taught me a lot about. Well, hold on. Let's interview. Let's describe who we, Bob. Welcome to meet Hoyt. Yeah, yeah. There <laughs> and, you and go. Describe Howdy who you are, Hoyt, to, to Bob. Uh, well, hi, Bob. My name's uh, Hoyt Richards. Um, I uh, was a, uh, a fashion model for 15 years, and then I uh, now I've started acting and then writing, directing, and producing independent films. And I now also actually sell and distribute them as well. So I kind of went from fashion into the Hollywood scene. But the whole time that I was a, um, a fashion model, I was also in a cult. Um, so it was about 15 years of my life. I was completely brainwashed. I didn't see my parents for about 12 years and uh, eventually escaped uh, right around uh, the millennium and went through a very um, fortunately aggressive recovery process and now I actually um, work with families to help them get their kids out of cults whenever I can and assist in that community to help educate people that it can happen to people like you and me as long as you think as I did originally that it can't happen to someone like myself, and therefore the fact that I was in this group, it couldn't be a cult because I would never join a cult. Well, that's not what happened. So, um, and so, you know, so, how is this world situation sort of classic human cult behavior? Well, the the whole thing is um, what's very what's, what I say to people: if you don't if you don't really have a game plan in life, and you come across someone who's very enthusiastic about their game plan, and in a, in any way resonates with you, you know that's very appealing compared to your no plan. And, and interestingly, Bob and I have discussed this all the time that so many young people today Purpose. are purposeless. Yeah, they're driven. Well, that's exactly it. I mean, I mean, it's 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 a situation of where um, if you really don't know what you want to do with your life, and and you're kind of asking questions on that level, uh, whether you want to call them just life questions or spiritual questions, and you come across anyone who, from your point of view, seem to be providing answers to those questions, you know, you know, in a in a healthy relationship. Like say you and I were talking right now, and I said something that you kind of experienced as an epiphany of sorts, and uh, and you said, "Oh my God, that's incredible!" You know, I never thought of it that way. And I would usually, in a healthy relationship, I'd say, "What? Well, I, I read it in this book, or I had a, te a teacher who taught me that." On some level, I I kind of relieved the debt because that's what we. Or like in the case of of Drew, you know, it's like I'm your therapist. That's what you pay me for. You relieve the person of the debt. But in the unhealthy relationship, it's like, well, listen, you if you need to know anything else, I'm here. You know. You yeah. can come back anytime, and right. you start that position of control. Uh, is that interesting? Yeah, no, that's what's happening. We have a mass of twenty-somethings in the United States that have no purpose, as far as I can assess. And well, so I, you I, have I, a highly susceptible population of young people who can't find jobs, disenfranchised, don't have their well, parents. Let me play. Values. Let me play devil's advocate, Hoyt. How, how yeah. is any military not a cult? Well, I'll, I'll put it this way. Um, the, the things that really demand, um, you know, that what I would qualify a cult is when you start to add in money, because usually money is involved, yeah. you know. Um, so the military is not asking for your money, per se. Um, and the other thing is, I would certainly say there are aspects of the military that are cultic. But as far as the overall 
thing of like, like you basically, in order to create a soldier, you need to reframe them in the same way that you do, you know, from a certain point of view, the, the brainwashing in a cult. Yeah. But they, you know, to me, they differ in the fact that um, ultimately, you know, even though you, you start as a foot soldier, you, you have an opportunity to move up in a certain degree of where you can develop independence and they actually want you to become critically, you know, critical thinking. Right. Are most like, cults though religious oriented? Uh, no, not at all. No, they can they can be a, a a Bible, you know. They can be a Bible group. They can be a a um, you know a, a self help group. They can be finance group. Those are all they, spiritual, yeah, religious no, seeking. Oh no, no, they can be a. They can Was be one Tony of Robbins stuff. is is that a cult? Which one? Tony Robbins and all his abundance nonsense. Uh, you know, I I can't. I haven't heard per se, and I don't know the research of uh, Tony Robbins. I haven't heard that per se as being one. Of, um, so I, I can't, I can't but there's, say there's lots of things with parts of cultic kind of stuff. There are many, many other different kinds and religion is a common feature, uh, but it's not a necessary feature. Exactly. Exactly. It, it can, it can be, a, it can even be a company like some of the, you know, the, you know, yeah. some of the, these companies, these multi-level companies, they're, they're, they run the completely cultic system, you know? Yeah. So, so Bob was asking the question, what can we do? What do we do with this, with these people really, you know, they, they, they're so wrapped up in the cult of their ISIS program that killing a bunch of people is sort of no big deal to them. Killing themselves is no big deal to them. Well, yeah, you know, the, the thing that's, that's uh, you know, I, I think the only way you can do anything is to educate people in the sense um, if we could actually teach critical thinking it, at the school level, at, you know, the teenage years, you know, whether it be 12 to 14, where you basically kind of, like you take... Um, Dr. Cialdini's book, you know, his, his, um, uh, his book on influence, you know, uh, and you basically teach the basic tools of how salesmen work so that you're aware of how we can get manipulated just by unconsciously having certain shortcuts that we kind of make decisions by that we can get manipulated by. So I think if you actually were able to teach teenagers at the time that even something as simple as feeling good too fast can be dangerous, you would prevent a lot of these things to be able to, um, but what what do we do with these people that may not be in this country that are involved with these organizations like ISIS? Is there anything to be done? Is there any counter propaganda that can be offered? Just prevent the next one. So I don't think you can stop what's going on. Well, that's that's a question though. Hoyt? Yeah, I mean it, it, that, that is a very hard because I you know obviously I don't know the details of how they get indoctrinated and how it works. Hundreds I mean, of hours of personal conversation. Right. So well, see, that's, that's how it I'm, starts. Well, exactly. And, and the thing is, that, let's face it, we're, we're all attention junkies. Um, you know, it's like we, we, for the most part, any of us uh, growing up, you know, all the things you never heard enough from your parents were very susceptible to someone saying that we're special, we're unique, that we have great potential. All those things are, are kind of healing to someone who feels they maybe didn't hear it enough in their upbringing. And that's, those are the most common entry techniques that any cultic group uses. Um, the fact that they're finally seeing you on some level. Now, obviously... As an individual at 16, 18, 20 years old. Right, exactly. And of course, you know, obviously the people who are indoctrinating them are not putting on the bombs and heading into the field. And of course, you know, it's, but at that point, you're not thinking critically and you're just, you know, you're the loyal foot soldier. That's a critical part. Let's get to that part. Which part? Okay, so the people indoctrinating these kids via the internet are not the ones going and blowing themselves up. And the kids don't have enough critical thinking to go, hey, wait a minute. Right. How come you're not blowing yourself up? Or what's the, what's the link? How does that, that, if we could touch on that, 
Right. Yeah. I mean, that that I think that was that was the same thing when 9-11 happened. The first reaction I had was you really can't, per se, say the people who are in the planes, they're not the problem. The people who who brainwash them into thinking that's what they needed to do. They're the problem and they're not the ones in the plane. Yeah. You know, um, you know, these are the loyal foot soldiers that are carrying out the cause, but they're being completely manipulated. And like I said, they're not the ones who are going to whose lives are going to suffer and, and take down the carnage with them. That's and the, so so help me understand now. So say probably, I know a kid, like say I know a kid who's getting involved in this and I'm scared it's going to do a violent act. Right. When you so it, it, when you were in your cult, if somebody attacked what you were in, how did you feel? You feel well, defensive of it? Ab- absolutely. I mean, I think this I think this is so the, you can't attack Islam. You can't attack even jihadi movements. You've got to come from another angle. And, and, and this is where I would reference uh, the work that Steve Hassan has done, which is so great, because the, the normal approach would be like what you would think in the sense that you could you could speak to them intellectually and start to blow holes in the philosophy. So talk, yeah, talk some sense. Into yeah. Them. Yeah. And it won't exactly. work. Right. And that's so counterproductive because the, the tie is emotional for the most part. It certainly wasn't my case. Yeah. So it, it, I would say most in the sense like ISIS uh, members or, or like in my case, cult member, you know, it's. You're, you're given certain unrealistic um, expectations of what you're, how you're supposed to study the, the scripture and all these sort of things. And, and to be honest, most of your average cult members like myself weren't great at that part. You know, it's like you're given this exhaustive amount of research you're supposed to be doing all the time. And it's just not humanly possible to do that. So when someone's attacking that group and what they stand for, usually they're exposing the fact that you on some level you're not processing it like this but you know that you're, you've been a bad cult member and you can't defend it because you don't know the material well enough oh, to defend it and therefore you just want to kill the messenger rather than hear the message you know interesting so, so one so, way to say it to them would be like listen i love you and i care about you and i'm worried for you is that a way that would help well, well, the, the, what Steve really preaches, which is, which is uh, I think, a very dynamic approach, is you, is you try to build bridges rather than break them. So what you're trying to do is find um, a way, an entry point to say, well, I'm very curious about what you're doing. You know, basically, you're, 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 you're saying that possibly you would be interested, you want to know more, so you can possibly get involved to the level of meeting some of the players so that when you're actually speaking about them in the way to try to help the person out of it you've actually had some interaction with some of the, the players so there you go you know what he's saying in this instance is you need moderate muslims or sane followers of islam to talk to these kids it can't come from america or france well, or christian side of the argument that's very and then obviously people who have left the ex-members are incredibly influential because well, there's an organization in england called william have you heard <laughs> of this of an ex-jihadi who's running a very similar to what you're doing, but with right. with uh, jihadists, and he was on for for Zakari. It was very interesting. Right, because yeah, that I mean, if you saw the um, the Scientology um, documentary, why that was so effective, I think, in the way that it dealt with the issue around you know, that and all the problems they have with that group is you had ex members who are very high up in the inner circle and actually know what goes on. So you don't you're not getting the kind of wannabes on the periphery that got kicked out for whatever reason you may want to kind of disallow what they have to say. These are people in the inner circle knowing the, the machinations and operations firsthand, and that's what makes that dissertation that they did as far as what goes on much more valuable to everyone than someone who's just on the periphery. 
Well, Hoyt, I really appreciate you taking a little time to, to join us. Uh, this is very interesting material, and I, I may yet call upon you again for other commentary as we go along here. Because I think you so much. it's an interesting construct. All this, and at least maybe we can all kind of learn something and what we, what we well, need that, to do. That, I, I, well, thanks for having me, Andrew, and uh, nice to meet you too. Uh, uh, Good it was to talk uh, to you. it's it's something that I think the only way we fight it is through education and awareness and exposure. And um, you know, right now the the common approach, which is the one I had, is well, I don't have to. That, I don't have to worry about someone like me getting involved with something like that. Therefore, I don't have to worry about that ever happening because it doesn't happen to someone like me. And that's what makes you vulnerable. Well, and I think based on the way you describe the vulnerable population, we need to be very concerned about a lot of people. I'm very yeah, concerned. Getting involved. So, all right, Hoyt, thanks so much. Oh, right. You're very welcome. You guys have a great day. All right. We've got to take all a quick right. break. We'll be right back after this. <laughs> I got to talk about this. You can go to a concert now and be slaughtered. Yeah, well, that's what we're—that's what we've been discussing. It's just sick. But the, describe the story. You describe your relationship. So it was my friend's I, band. I, I know. It's, I know Jesse very well too. You've been yeah. on Loveland many times, and this was uh, uh, the Eagles of Death Metal. Yeah, good, good group of guys. Lindsay Lohan's boyfriend's in it, isn't she? Yeah, yeah. Eden. Yeah, and then your friend and Dave Catchings. And so you talked to Dave after this whole disaster. Yeah, via the texting, and there's it was really hard. But he had disappeared for three or four hours, and the drummer was in contact with his wife, and we were all just crazy. Oh god! Like it was crazy for five hours until Dave finally got out of the theater. Here's what I know: they were playing. Uh, Jesse, I think, spotted it first and, and just shooting. took off. You see AK-47s and you see people's bodies falling. You so run. He, he flew off the stage. Yeah. Then Eden, but Dave was like rocking out and didn't see. <laughs> oh, Jesus. And all of a sudden he stops playing and looking around. And by that time, the crowd is running forward away from the shooters, mm. blocking all the exits. Ugh. So then Dave doesn't know what to do and runs and hides in the bathroom for three hours with other people hiding in there. Ugh. And they can hear the grenades going off, the gunshots, the screaming, and you just don't know what's happening for Ugh. three hours. Can you imagine? The thing, the thing went on for 15 minutes, in fact, right? I know, but they but were they holding hostages or something. And still the details yeah. haven't come out completely. Yeah, yeah. Um, frightening, frightening, frightening. Ugh. No demands, just... This kill is people. an organization that just wants to kill people, and that we've never seen anything like that. And right. I know it is a re is a result of trauma. I know that they that these these participants were traumatized. They're they're just they feel hopeless, helpless, lost. Their and then they minds the are shattered, yeah. and then they believe in some weird seventh century thing yeah. that I don't even think they fully comprehend. Well, it's funny. There's an article that I just read today. Uh, a novelist. These were French kids. Went in and interviewed ISIS members in prison, and he was sort of in, he found that they had very limited understanding of Islam, that they were yeah. indoctrinated much like in the cult, just like what was just telling us, and uh, they just became these foot soldiers. Well, also the John, whatever the barber, the guy that cuts people's heads off. Yeah. There's another interesting component to this. He was a rapper. He's in from London. Rap music oh, is no. seems to be a, a thing that they get into at 12, 13, 14, the celebration of violence combined with this disenfranchised, Jeez. racist society we live in, marginalized employment opportunities, and somebody 
who's been traumatized or beaten or abused or neglected right. in so, childhood. So, okay, so you got a perfect storm and we've got two million of them here in the United States. Oh, at least susceptible to something like you think this. just two million if, if americans think this isn't going to happen here it's not going to happen where ben laden's going to fly over here or yeah. somebody like him it's yeah. going to come from within timothy mcveigh was born and raised in the midwest but he wasn't yeah he, he was the same thing you're describing waco is the thing that yeah. he they unified about really yeah he was at uh, waco uh, really yeah well, I didn't understand Outside, that. you know, that standoff went on for weeks. Yeah, right. So there's footage of Timothy McVeigh at Waco. He drove down there because he had nothing to do with his life. He uh. had no purpose. He got indoctrinated by these psychopaths, these hateful hate groups in the United States that we tolerate because we're America. I get it. Here's my new, my new question for people. What do you love about America? You ask 20-somethings. They yeah. don't really know. Right. There's just something about America that's magical that's gotten lost, and the people who live here don't even know about it anymore. Well, that, what I love is that the principles upon which it was founded, and those are, are under attack, and they don't matter, and they're all relative. And The people really who live here don't even want to honor them. Yeah, I know. They don't want me to be able to say, fuck Michael Jackson. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yes. When I said, fuck Michael Jackson, I don't care about him. He's not the second coming of Jesus Christ because he died of a drug overdose. People wanted to kill me. I know. Kill me. America's founded on my ability to say, fuck Michael Jackson. Yeah. You know, not, not, now I like him better. <laughs> <laughs> but, but when he died, I got very angry. Yeah. You know, like this beatification of him, this, this deification of yeah. him. I mean, he was a troubled, troubled soul. Very sick guy, yeah. Mm-hmm. Who was, by the way, ill-served by my profession. Did yeah. not get proper treatment. Who I think was abused himself, and then I be, be, believe became a perpetrator of abuse. Who? Michael Jackson. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll see. We'll never know. Yeah. You got enough money around, you know, spread it around, you'll never know anything. Yeah. But, but that kind of freedom of press, freedom of speech... The, that somebody as crazy can me, as me can be born and raised and created in, a, in this kind of amazing open society where, yeah, there can be hate groups and Nazisms and we, don't, we all just don't give a fuck. Yeah. That is under attack. Yeah. And the people within our society don't even understand what's great about our society. That's frightening. No, like I said. That's it, frightening it, to me. I don't think you hurt me, but I was saying it's like asking a fish, how's the water? <laughs> and a fish who goes, what's water? <laughs> it's like, right? Yeah. They're too. It's too familiar. It's too taken for granted. It's not understood. And, and you know. And so, one of the things that was important in my growing up was find a purpose. Right. Yeah. It, and and I don't think my dad. I mean, he passed away. You know, really before my adulthood. But I know the things he impressed upon me were. I don't care if you dig a ditch. I don't. I would prefer that you went to college and became well, a lawyer or a doctor. But understand. But I don't care if you dig a ditch. You need to find a purpose. But you understand, if you dig a ditch, you're. How dare you? I'm. I don't dig ditches. It's me. You know what I mean? Or if I do yeah, dig a no. ditch, it's because. Well, I'm going to have an internet show. Whatever you know, people just still want to be. But in my dad's world, it was okay to be to go that route. Of course, a hard just work. Get, get a job. As long as you get married, have kids. No, take manual care of your labor family. was quite quite yeah, uh, yeah. well thought of. 
Yeah, and and it's just so weird that that that's beneath people. Yeah. Then they complain that we have that people migrate from this into this country to go do those jobs that nobody wants to do. Then we hate them because they are taking our jobs away. <laughs> we are madness as a society, Drew. Yeah. Madness. And so now I think we are are I believe our way of life is going to be changed if this doesn't get dealt with. So what are you recommending? What a lot of the stuff this guy said is great. We can't go out of ideology. You can't argue that it doesn't make any sense to no, be but, born. But, but you know, he said go, it's critical thinking is what he said. Yeah. And I, that's education. And people don't want education even anymore. Uh, we need family. It's a basic family, education, purpose, right? Okay. So can it sounds I, easy to can say I prognosticate that. Some, with the highly susceptible influence easily influence society that has no purpose of young people in this country that i interact with all the time yeah we have fertile soil yeah for many bad things yes yes right yes what that guy described a lot of my kids that are in drug treatment need that they need a purpose they need something to get excited about unfortunately they may find something problematic right I I know I don't want to sound too alarmed, but I I when I realized that these kids who did this in Paris were Parisians, born and raised in Paris. Not all, but some, yeah. Yeah, at least half. What well, England's having this problem too, right? Yeah, but they seem to be having a better lid on it. I don't know. Anyways, so that's my concern. And what do we do? Well, then, so so then, so the young people are usually who you look to to help solve your problems, right? They're, they're the next generation. What do you think about what's going on on college campuses? So on college campuses, kids are just demanding things. And it's all around. And, and they want to reprogram everybody. And they want to make sure that no one has an opportunity to speak. God forbid if there's any... If you emit There's a, a fascism to political correctness for sure. Oh, my God. It's a new McCarthyism, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so... I didn't use the word trans correctly. Right. And I got corrected by a 20-year-old. Yeah, and Alan Dershowitz said it's a new fascism. He said fascism got started on college campuses. That's how it got going. Books burned first on college campuses. In the 30s? Mm-hmm. Huh. And, and so uh, your free speech is under attack. You, you have difficulty communicating or sharing ideas and having dialogue or di- dialectic. There's no dialectic. There's just... No listening. Yeah, there's just uh, fury. Um, I, I just don't know where it's going. That's what I keep asking. I'm, I'm all for progressivism. I know you. I know. So let's get your take on Donald Trump. I yeah. find him fascinating. I find it fascinating that people believe in him. Yeah, I'm fascinated. I'm fascinated. Yeah, me by too. Him. That's I. All my liberal friends are like, "Fuck him! Fuck him!" I'm like. Well, before we fuck him, can we figure out what his appeal is? Right, and they they people are angry because it's obvious that he's not the brightest, best, and the brightest in the world. Yeah, but why is he so appealing? Because he, he hate said, is hate is more appealing than love. Is that one thing that you would think? No, it's it's the being able to speak his mind without feeling guilty or being reproached. So that's I hear appealing that, to white middle class. I hear that class. a lot. I hear that a lot. No, all who's kinds it appealing of, to? All kinds of middle class. I talked to lots of black and brown people. Lots of them. And they like that he's a straight shooter. They like that he. I'm angry. Didn't they like Ross Perot for the same reason? I, I don't know. I don't ask that question. But but I'm angry. Here's what I hear. I'm angry. A lot of anger. I'm angry. He says like he call, says he's able to say what whatever he wants. What is everybody so angry about? 
they, they, I think that's a great question. I think because I live pretty great. I'm not angry. You know about what? That. I think we're used to a certain amount of dynamism in our economy where things are exciting, and things have been sort of flat. They've been fine, but they've been flat. And I think people miss the ups and downs a little bit. I really do. I think that's kind of what they're. They don't see opportunity. They don't see you know because it's there just been sort of, opportunity in this country for forty years. Well, it's, really, it's not felt not for like the it. masses it's like there f- was in the fifties or forties. There's massive late 40s. things going on. It feels like it, and it's, I don't know. I I don't know what the anger is, but. Uh, and sort of, they don't. They feel left behind by this government. This government did a lot for people who were really shit out of luck, right? Yeah. But the middle, not so much. And uh, but I'm in the middle, and I'm fine. Everything's pretty cool. I mean, I I wish I could complain a lot. I wish things in this area were better. I think wish things in that are better. But I'm not hateful of America. Or no, that's not what I'm hearing. This. That's not what I'm hearing. Oh, no, I no, hear no. a lot of hate towards America because America? America, Obama, and America. Why is it that that you know? And I guess I fell into this category about Bush too. Why is it that you can say in this country that's not my president? He's not my president. That, I heard that a lot in the last 15 years. From the left yeah, you during Bush. You didn't elect him. You didn't put him in. It's your, your part but it's of America. It. That's the way it goes. Yeah, I know. They, but they peacefully accept that, but they don't say that I wouldn't put that guy in. That's, that's a reasonable thing to say. Uh, well, it depends thing. on what you mean by peaceably. I think they're yeah. all too wimpy to put, take up arms. Yeah. You know what I mean? So we were talking about... Uh, the band and you actually now have heard from Davies. Yeah, they landed and I think they're driving to Joshua Tree now and I'm waiting to hear back. And glad you, they're safe. Oh my offered, God. Can you imagine? Yeah, you've offered them all treatment. Yes. For, for trauma treatment. Yeah. And yeah. I want to know what that's going to look like. Well, let, and it depends on what, how it affected them. Yeah. Two or sober guys. Yeah. Oh boy. Right? <laughs> so that already means they're sensitive. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, <shit. laughs> right? Are the pot smokers better off? <laughs> well, you know what the funny thing about addicts is they get off on being in these intense environments, but they're also very sensitive people. This is so about as intense as something can get. Yeah. So listen. So here's the deal: that you that it's everyone gets something called an acute stress reaction, which is you know having been in a traumatic situation, you are going to be irritable, jittery, have trouble sleeping, have you know. Will you lose and, track of time and space. Uh, well, in can your, you imagine this happened yeah, on what, when you're Thursday? In it, you this happened on Friday, and they're already back home in L.A. Right. So, how do you prevent this normal acute stress reaction from devolving into a post-traumatic stress disorder? That that's really what's at hand is helping them process their feelings because the human brain can't handle being faced with not going on being. That's when they, we shatter our regulatory systems. We just go, we just can't handle it. Mm-hmm. Now, not, being threatened for three hours adds to what's flooding the brain for an extended period of time, adds to the complications, the mood problems, the irritability, the anxiety, all that stuff. And so, you know, one thing is to get them evaluated to make sure they don't need literally some medication to help help with that because the, med- the brain just, it, the fuses blow at a certain point, number one. Number two, Getting back in touch with the feelings, uh, the feelings of helplessness, the feelings of inadequacy that you couldn't cha- save people, all kinds of crazy feelings people get in situations like that. And you need somebody sitting with them. And, and it's much like war, then, I would oh, imagine. Oh, hell yeah. But, you know, repeating over and over again that it's okay, you couldn't, this here, look, let's trying to get them to reframe what, what's real because it feels so unreal. And the feelings are so unreal. That you got to go look at you know the reality of the situation. You, know, you couldn't have done anything. There wasn't more to be done. 
yes, you made certain choices, but you're a human being in extreme dire threat. Mm-hmm. And then what you saw, how do you deal with that? How do you deal with your feelings about what you saw? I mean, this is this is a heavy stuff. And then there's kind of an art to it too, and like in what order do people get into that stuff and how deep do they get into it or how much do they just help somebody just kind of put it away? It's, you know, this is each individual is going to have to go through those kinds of experiences where those decisions are made with their therapist. That's crazy, right? Yeah. It's, it's, um, no bueno. Say pas bien. Well, the reason why I ask is because I think we, I think we're going to need a lot of this. I, for I, all of us? A lot of this. For, for all. I think more of this is going to happen. I don't see how oh. it does not happen with the susceptible youth you have across the world. This purposeful message yeah. of saving yeah. the, a religion. It's just, it's, it's epic. This right, is it's crazy. Un, it's underway, yeah. And you, so, know, you don't see it just settling down spontaneously, right? Yeah, it's, my original thought was we need to, to wipe out ISIS, but I, I've thought over the last 48 hours it's not going to do anything. This is, well, yeah. I, li- I like the way Susan thinks. I just, she has such clarity. Wipe, wipe She's like, no, ISIS. no, those guys need to go. <laughs> but do you not make them martyrs? I, I don't know the answer. There's, there are people far smarter than I have far more. And you, you know why I care? Because I think we've caused this. Well, I, again, I only know what I read, and, and there are suggestions that, you know, that it's the law of unintended consequences, right? Mm-hmm. And you try to you get rid of one bad thing, you get another, and, and uh, yeah. My two ideas about people is their natures are good, you know, and religion tends to focus that the na- true natures of man are bad. So I think it's truly good. I think people feel disempowered, and I think that our invasion of and our coming to the Middle East was hope for millions and millions and millions of people, and the cat the catastrophic catastrophe and chaos that it's broken into right. has get, taken away hope from millions Maybe. of people Maybe. and that's our responsibility mm-hmm. and we've got to do something to try to make it right because uh, you know and then the, another part of me goes you but know, what I if you were in, sitting, i live in hollywood who gives a fuck well we you missed our whole <laughs> thing about trauma you know what i mean and how it's treated so you've missed that now but but the what would you say? I'll probably hear it later. Yeah, probably. <laughs> and, and what would you say if it was 1932 and the Nazis were coming in and would you say, well, what do you expect? There was that horrible treaty and that we've been, you know. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm, I follow history, not as much as you, but I would say the King of England making them suck as you know what. <laughs> Is what caused right. but, this. Okay, now what? So England has a responsibility okay, now in what? solving it. How, now what? Now Nazis need, in. Now cats need, out of the bag. Now we need they, to deal with it. They want to take over. Uh, if the, you want to be the cops of the world or the universe of the universe. Uni- well, on you know, they go into the Poland. On the they universe. go into Czech Republic. On they go. What are you going to do? Well, they, we caused it. It's not a direct absolute. No, but you understand one, how crazy yeah. the, the thing, the the. The, the situation is, the decisions that have to be made, and then the solutions are so opaque. It's easy to say we caused it. Okay, now what? what I just heard somebody say today, oh, Derek well, Waters. Well, we didn't totally cause it. Derek, listen, it was, it Derek Waters anyways. said something. that they, we were Imperialism saying. has caused it. These, these oh. countries we made up, the England made it up and said, okay, Sunni and Shia just be in one same place and we're going to call it this. 
Is that not correct, Drew, in your That history? is correct. So how does a country get the idea that it can just make lines and go, that's the country? That's colonialism, right? Empire, yeah. empire. Yeah, many, many bad examples. And now um, it's in our lap. Yeah. So really it's the, what? That would have been the, <laughs> the French and the British. They caused the whole thing. So here we go. <laughs> so, you, so you don't think we have any no. responsibility? No, here? I think we have massive responsibility. But so what? It, it literally, Derek Waters said this to me to the guy that read, that's the creator of Drunk History. He goes, he goes, hey, it's not about what happened. It's about what's happening. Oh, I know. Right? And so let's use the Nazi model. Okay, we you you screwed them over after the First World War. You were somewhere angry with them for having that war. You suppressed and you punished these people to the point that this is their response. They become Nazis. Mm-hmm. And now they moved into Poland. And now they moved into the Czech Republic. Okay, we're... I, and we're, now what? Just are we gonna cross? Are we gonna blame ourselves? We shouldn't have done that. Not we better, better. Blame. We need to take responsibility for this. Oh, we took responsibility. We took our responsibility. Our spot with with England. Now what? What Susan said. Let's go take care <laughs> okay, of them. Well, that's right. <laughs> that's right. It's the only. Th- it's that's the unfortunate and thing. France has so many. Uh, France so many is bombing the Arabs. shit out of them right now. Uh, they have so many Arabs in France. It's just such. It's well, such this isn't even. Lo- this is not Arab. This well, is the ISIS. Arab, yeah. I mean, they're they're all kind of infiltrating into certain countries. I think. It's not like, I think. It's not like the Nazis marching in. I you think. Know? It's, yeah, I know. I know it's different. Saudi Arabia is going to have to got some explaining to do. The, I mean, they could be here. Where, they could be in California. This mark, is not. They are here. Terrorism. They are on here. A, on I, a different level. Yeah, they so. are here. Uh, the the army that conquered Europe under Napoleon was one hundred thousand strong. There's many more jihadists than that. Yeah. yeah, many more. And and people are following. The young people are following because they think they're kind of a powerful thing yeah, the, to be a cult, part of the cult thing. Yeah, yeah. And so you don't think it's you're a big studier of history, and that's why I wanted to come over today. Too. <laughs> He's a big so studier of history. He really it. is. He's a well, wealth of knowledge. So I'm I want to know. Other than Genghis Khan, has there been this kind of barbarism? Not in the modern, well, yeah. mo- not in the modern not era. In the modern era. I think I, 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 no one really knows what happened to Rome, but my deep suspicion is something like this happened repeatedly. This something like this. Yeah, because there, no, there was no there was no, no leader to follow. No, there was it was not as though the hordes came pouring into Rome. It's that they welcomed in all types, all kinds, and they they were a pluralistic society. And eventually, some parts turned on it and took over. Yeah, and all that they, was about religion. All too. they know is a band was playing a concert, and a a few minutes later, a hundred and twenty people were. I'm going to predict based on what's coming. Ugh, Children. I hate to say this. But this one's probably going to look... We'll probably forget about this one one day soon. I guess because my friend's you notice band you get what I'm band. I've played that concert hall. There's something really? about it that so touches home for me uh, that like you just don't think, hey, we're the punk rockers. You know, come on now. Yeah. This is pretty crazy. I But I think I think because so much more might happen, we might even... This might be like... In, you know what I mean? We forget about this well, compared to what might there happen. There was a bombing in Beirut recently as well. Yeah, yeah. And then so, plane down in Russia. And, you know, there's a lot of stuff. Uh, there bad. was, yeah, they're they're everywhere. They're taking over. Well, they're not taking over. They're just mobilizing. They're doing what they can because it works, because it terrorizes us. Well, they're moving yeah. up into, and it, and into I asked, and I have the same. Europe. And I have the same question that I ask college kids right now, which is what's the plan? What, what is the end game here, everybody? Where, where are we going? Do you want to shut down your schools? Do you want to shut end the United States and have something else come in? 
Although it's a freewheeling conversation, uh, I don't claim to have answers. I don't know. We're just trying to get our head around this. We're just contemplative, just trying to understand it better. Um, I think it's interesting to have looked at it as a cult phenomenon. Hoyt is a great source of information. Yeah, on definitely that. is. Uh, we'll put his information up on. Did uh, people uh, not think it's a cult phenomenon? Website. I think because it's religion and and military, they just they don't want to put their heads there. They don't want to, you know. They oh no no that's not that's not a cult. A cult is. But nah, whatever. Just, well, the, it's cult, just a, the cult aspect I, that I've always known for the last two years is these are kids born of the soil of the countries they're yeah. attacking. And that is, is a cult-like yeah, thing. That's just, a recruiting. That's an indoctrination into ideas they don't even understand. Yeah. We just want to understand. I feel bad getting so sort of negative and and. Uh, tr- uh, I know it just I want to be able to understand this and that's why we're talking about it thank you to buddy Dave thank you to Hoyt for giving us information about cults and uh, until uh, next time we'll see ya